You're hearing Gravity, a song from the soon-to-be-released new album Lotus by Molly Healy. When playing solo or with her full band, Molly, a multi-instrumentalist, is a looping extraordinaire. She creates a piece of music, loops that piece, then skillfully plays along on instruments including cello, violin, and guitar. That sound, combined with her classically trained voice, produces atmospheric music often with full string arrangements performed entirely by Molly through multi-tracking in the studio. She's opened for and played with many bands, and in addition to her solo work, continues to play violin with the Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Recently, I had the pleasure of talking with Molly. Stay tuned. Listening to Frets with DJ Fay. No lessons, no technique info. I just talk to people who play guitar. Stay tuned. Molly, thanks for calling in. Thank you so much for having me. I associate you with Springfield, Missouri in that area and all the great music that comes out of that area. But you grew up near there, more like Jefferson City. I did. I grew up in mid-Missouri, Jeff City specifically. I was born there and I stayed there all the way until I went to college here in Springfield. And when did you first pick up an instrument and which instrument was that? Well, it's kind of a complicated maze um, throughout my life, a through line of instruments. I started on piano um, at my parents' behest whenever I was five years old, and I played it until I was in fourth grade, and I decided that music was no longer cool. Um, I was very interested in what, what was cool at the time. I had a friend who was in dance lessons and I decided that that was cool and I wanted to try dance. Yeah. <laughs> and needless to say, when you start dance in fourth grade, um, that's, that's way too late to start to try to make any kind of, anything kind of serious out of it really for most people. It definitely was for me. So I did that for a year or two and realized that that wasn't really a path that was going to lead anywhere. And I started kind of meandering my way back into music uh, through choir and musical theater, I was singing a lot. Um, my dad conducted the choir there in Jeff City, and he was also in the symphony, oh, and wow. we were a very musical family, so it, I really had no choice but to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so then I started singing, and I picked up the violin, which was my first of the instruments that I play now, right around the age of uh, whatever age you are in seventh grade. That's when I picked it up and started playing it. When you first started hearing other music or getting into music, what what bands outside of that world were you listening to in those days? Oh, you know, those really hip and cool bands like Mozart and Bach and, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, Les Miserables and Phantom of the Opera, things like that. Um, I was I was very much into I 
it, you know, I, especially when I started playing violin and, and I was singing in choir and stuff like that, a lot of the music that I would listen to uh, wasn't really on the radio. Uh, but then, you know, I, I started going through um, my phases is the best I can describe it. Like when I, when I latch onto a particular form of music, <clears throat> I stick with it for a while and then I, I kind of move on. And so, you know, it, it was classic rock and then it was country for a little while. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, then I started listening to like, you know, uh, Bob Dylan and, and songwriters and things like that. And, and, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And so I've really, like I said, run the gamut. I listen to a lot of cinematic music now and, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. So it's, it's just kind of all over the place. Yeah. You mean like film scores and things like that or yeah, 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 I've actually, uh, this was my first year. I've uh, scored two films now, and I might be on my way to doing a third. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm little by little building up my collection or playlists of uh, film scores that, yeah, I just really, I there's just, just love them. so many it's great, so, great yeah. scores. You attended Missouri State University in Springfield and came away with a master's degree in music. Yeah, I went um, for my undergrad. Um, as a BA in music, which is, if you haven't heard, is a code for, I have no idea what I want to do with my music, um, <laughs> but I'm just going to get a music degree and say I did. And then um, I went on, I didn't immediately go to graduate school, but when I went to graduate school, I got my master's of arts in teaching music. Well, the band Big Smith were out of Springfield and you did a stint with them for a while. I did. Yeah. It was right around the time that I graduated I kind of thought that I was going to be a teacher, a music teacher. I realized that it wasn't for me kind of simultaneously while Big Smith started picking up gigs and they asked me to join the band. So it was just kind of a natural evolution away from what I thought I was going to do uh, towards what I really loved doing. Yeah. So that was right about that time. Well, I remember them doing a song called Handsome Molly. <laughs> yeah, no affiliation with me. <laughs> that was one that Mark just pulled up, and it happened to be uh, my namesake. That was a great song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Big Smith opened for the Ozark Mountain Daredevils occasionally. Was that the connection to introducing you to the Daredevils? It sure was. It was during their 40th anniversary tour, the Dares, 40th anniversary. Uh, well, their big show. Their, it was a, a big to-do. It was an arena show here in Springfield and Big Smith was asked to open, which was very exciting for us because it was, you know, just, it was a big event, huge crowd. And after the show, they asked me to sit in on a couple of songs and uh, that was the beginning of the beginning. And since then it was just kind of, you know, slowly, can you make this show? Can you make this show? Can you play half a set? Can you play three quarters of a set? And the next thing you know, it was whole sets. And now it is, uh, and part of the band. So, yeah. And now the Daredevils are in their 50th year. That's <laughs> crazy. Their 50th year. I yeah. know. Time flies. <laughs> yeah. I, I really need to go see them sometime soon. I know they've been playing. I, and I know they've been through some lineup changes over the years, but I saw them in the late seventies at Keel Opera House here in St. Louis. So I was real. I'm really glad I got to see them back in those days. 
I'm actually really jealous that you got a chance to see them around those time because I, I think, you know, these, the guys are just such wonderful guys and they're so charismatic and they have so many stories from that yeah, time. Yeah. And I really wish I could have, you know, just been around for some of those shows when they were touring and just doing their thing. I recently helped Michael Kelker on his book about the daredevils. And, uh, that was, Oh, I'm so excited. He's yeah. going to be sending me a copy of that here soon. I'm really excited to read it. Yeah. It was really fun too. Cause obviously when I was helping him work on it, I was getting to read a lot of the background that I didn't, much of it that I didn't know. I mean, I always loved them, but I didn't know a lot of the backstory. There's a lot of stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Looking to buy a guitar? An amp? Pedals? Find great deals on all of these as well as audio and recording gear at Reverb.com. You can also sell your gear through Reverb. They have great articles about music, gear, and bands. And Reverb believes music makes the world a better place. That's why they created Reverb Gives that provides youth music education programs all over the world with the instruments they need to make music. Link to Reverb through Frets with DJ Fay in the show notes for this episode. Oh, was it around 2015 that you bought yourself a looping pedal? It was. Uh, that was, it was probably like early 2015. I think I had my album out by August of that year. But I saw a video on the internet, as one does, and I wish I could remember the artist, but she was a violinist and she was performing with a slam poet. And I think I had seen people looping before, but never like this. I mean, she had all these effects that she could put on the violin. And so it first it was a violin, but then it became a bass and then hmm. it became percussion and uh, all these atmospheric, beautiful orchestral layers. And being someone who listened to a lot of counterpoint, which is like moving lines as opposed to, you know, chord after chord after chord, you have like moving melody lines that are different from each other, but they work with each other and they kind of kind of and one by one. And I've always loved how that music works and always kind of seems to be how my brain seems to work. And I thought I could make up some really cool compositions that way. And so I bought myself one, I want to say like the very next day, and I had my first few compositions within a week. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it creates such an interesting effect, very like atmospheric. And it, it, yeah, it can do, the options are limitless, and that's what's really cool about it. You know, you can do <clears throat> anything with it. You can uh, just accompany yourself as a singer-songwriter, or you can just 
add layer after layer after layer and get an entire orchestra in front of you. It's yeah. really cool. I occasionally, in some of your early things, hear echoes of kind of Radiohead style. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you asked earlier, that is my all-time favorite band. <laughs> I have seen them a couple of times, and I love, I've got their entire catalog. I love them same, so much. Same, same. I love yeah. them so much. <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. Your first album, Nightbirds, was that, it was almost entirely you, or was, did you do all of that, or did you have another musician on that? Um, my, uh, wonderful partner and boyfriend, Kyle Day plays bass. Oh. And so he played the bass lines on the album. Other oh, okay. Than that, it is just me. And by the time you released Circles, you were working on that album with the full band. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Nightbirds was largely just me. Um, my sophomore album, Human, was kind of half and half. And then by the time Circles came out, that was pretty much fully fleshed out with the band. Right. Well, you answered one of my questions, which was, where did you meet these guys? Sounds like one of them was your boyfriend. And uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, um, it's funny, you know, uh, when you do music for a living and you have a band, location ends up not being as important as you would think. And my entire band resides in a completely different city, two and a half hours away. And so does my boyfriend and, and has for the entirety of our relationship. I just have spent so much time in Columbia all my life, even though I live in Springfield, that it just kind of naturally came together that way. I've always played a lot of music there. It's close to where I grew up. And so uh, once Kyle and I started playing together, it really made sense for the other two players to be kind of up in Columbia. And then I just traveled to meet them for practices. We, We all travel for shows and stay in close contact. And I just, I, I didn't hire them because of location. I, I hired them because they were the best at what I needed. And they were the best just fit. <laughs> they are. They really are. I mean, I just couldn't have asked. I couldn't ask for any better musicians to do the kind of music that we do. If you have a question or comment for Frets, call it in 
A link to my SpeakPipe is in the show notes and on the FRETS Facebook page. It's easy. Just click the link, record your message, and hit send. Your voice could be heard on FRETS. This is Molly Healy, and you're listening to FRETS with DJ Fay. Another band out of Springfield is Lace Wings, and you're part of that? Yeah, definitely. That is my collaboration. It's a female kind of duo folk performance um, with my dear friend Liz Carney. She lives here in Springfield as well. And her solo project is Isabel Crane, and a lot of people know her from that. I asked her probably around the same time that I started the solo project, and maybe a little bit before, if she wanted to play music with me and she said yes and I was so excited and uh, we've been playing together ever since and we're going to we have one album out we're going to be putting a new one out next year okay yeah I saw after the fact that Lace Wings had played a show in St. Louis I think it was Pop's Blue Moon and I was like oh I wish I could have yeah. made that well, in addition to the Daredevils you do session work with a lot of bands too yep um, that has been something that's been kind of peppered my career, I guess you would say, uh, for a long time now, as long as I can remember, actually. Um, just mostly local and regional, but uh, I've traveled some to do session work, but it's, you know, sometimes people just need fiddles, sometimes they need full string arrangements, and sometimes cello um, vocals, but what's really nice nowadays is, is that uh, with technology, you know, we can just send each other files back and forth. So that's been really cool yeah. to be able to record some of these session uh, pieces here at home and just send them to send them to the artist, and then it's done. Yeah, it's changed so much, but that's such a great option to be able to do that. It really is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you mentioned uh, the Earth Day Music Festival, and that's something you put together. You you organized that. Yes, I did. Um, I, at the time, uh, my daughter and I were traveling after a music festival that I played. And I, you know, as musicians kind of go through uh, ups and downs, as I'm sure you're well aware of, you know, especially when you create your own music and it, it, the highs are great, but the lows are, can be, hmm. you know, so hard. And, and I think it was during a particular low that I thought maybe I wanted to try to do something else with my life. I didn't really feel like I was making a difference. And so, you know, I was very concerned about the state of the environment and what we're doing about it. And um, I was talking to my daughter about it and I thought, what, you know, what if I, what if I switch my focus here and maybe not necessarily quit music, but, you know, take a big pullback from it and try to get involved in some sort of environmental work, you know, even though I'm completely unqualified, (laughs) I just really want to try to make a difference in this thing. You know, and she she immediately lashed on to pull back from music, quit music, what? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, I said, yeah, I think, you know, I think it would be really fulfilling. And she said, I really don't think that's a good idea. And this girl was only 15 at the time. You know, she's completely right. I would have been miserable quitting. And her idea was, you know, I think that there are ways that you can meld the two passions together. And so I started thinking of a way to have a festival that, you know, didn't have all the garbage. Um, you know, I think at the time there was a climate march that had just, you know, mountains of plastic bottles left behind and stuff like that, you know? So I just really wanted to try to do something where not only it was leave no trace, but also where, you know, we could show the world that, you know, refillable containers can be sanitary done in the right way. And, and, and also, uh, we charged an admission and, uh, 
raised funds for local environmental organizations, which was the key part of the festival that I'm super proud of. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah, I've been making more and more of an effort to uh, stop using plastic with these. I've got like you know double insulated thermoses, and I've been trying to buy canned, like recyclable canned water as opposed to plastic bottle water. So very good. Trying yeah. to do my part. Yep, <laughs> we are. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Michael Goldberg's book, Wicked Game, the true story of guitarist James Calvin Wilsey, goes deep into the life of a brilliant but doomed unsung genius who we lost too soon. Jimmy wasn't just a great and unique guitarist, but a music pioneer. Michael met Jimmy Wilsey in 1982 at a Silvertone gig, and a few years later interviewed him in 1987. Not long after that, they became friends. His book tells the story of a charming, incredibly talented guy who ultimately succumbed to the dark side of addiction. It's riveting, funny at times, heartbreaking, and tragic, but fascinating, and hard to put down. I mean, Jimmy basically was responsible for the sound of Chris Isaac. It was his guitar and uh, that really set the whole mood for those songs. That's two notes, you know, the beginning of Wicked Game. That song, 30 plus years after it was a hit, is being listened to millions of times on Spotify every month. My talk with Michael Goldberg is available on Fretz. Well, what you, I want to hear a little bit about your experience playing Burning Man. Oh, yeah. So that was super exciting. Um, I, on a whim, one night, um, this was back in 2017, I think it was, um, I s- asked him if, uh, or I sent, you know, d- they said, do you want to play music at Burning Man? Send us this contact form. And I did. And they immediately got back to me because they, you know, unlike a lot of places like bars and clubs <laughs> that they they hear orchestral looping and they're kind of like, eh, maybe not. You know, you <laughs> Can you play some uh, Wagon Wheel or Tennessee Whiskey? <laughs> and uh, Burning Man was completely open to the idea, which I thought was awesome. Uh, you know, the the thing about it to remember is that it's not like, you know, you, you hear of a lot of celebrities going to Burning Man and it's this big, you know, festival that people around the world, you know, travel to go to. Uh, it's not like there's some big, you know, pro stage where people are playing big sets in front of arenas full of people. It's more of this center camp where there are tons, hundreds of people milling about 
and there's a stage, but it's definitely more like a coffee house vibe. Hmm. Uh, but it was really cool. And, um, it was the experience of a lifetime. I've, I've written songs about it, you know, uh, driving out there and I was alone. It was a very empowering, independent experience for me. And I, I really had a great time. I got a great reception. And the only thing is that, uh, if you're going to perform at Burning Man, you need to make sure that, uh, you're prepared for all the dust that will <laughs> enter your equipment. Wow. I bet. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I did not get down to the recent uh, Roots and Blues Festival in Columbia, but that's something you've played pretty regularly. I have. I um, Somehow I have uh, been a part of that for every year of it except for one, which is like now 10, 11 or 12 years now, uh, in some capacity, not always on like one of the main stages, but either for the race or, or um, like I said, in some capacity, I've been a part of that festival. It's really near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Well, I keep talking about all these shows I missed, <laughs> but I did, <laughs> I did see you and your band play just a few weeks ago down in the Ozarks, which was really something. And boy, it's such a nice setting for a concert, like right there on the water. And it was, it was beautiful. It was we really had a great time. Yeah. I love that. I know you do incredible things in the studio, but I was just amazed watching you play live and you'd start playing an instrument. Then I'd look over to watch Zach play guitar for a little bit or Kyle on his bass. And then just, you know, seconds later, I'd be looking back over and you, you've already switched over to another instrument. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Not, not that I haven't seen musicians change instruments on stage, but you've got it down. I mean, it just seemed like you gracefully change over to like cello or guitar, like like sleight of hand or something. (laughs) So it might look graceful now, but there has been a lot of, uh, painstaking effort put into that um yeah when you're looping and especially as a multi-instrumentalist you're not just practicing the lines you're practicing the dance and getting from one instrument to the next making sure those transitions don't look clumsy and also just making sure that you're not playing letting a line just loop over and over again while you're forgetting what to do next because that you know is basically like eons to the audience and it sounds really boring so you've got to try to keep those transitions really tight it has uh not always looked if it looks effortless now i'm i'm really not sure about that but if it looks effortless <laughs> now i can tell you that it it certainly hasn't been uh <laughs> it's, it's taken a lot of time to get those transitions down yeah, well, I thought you did a great job with that. And Thanks. The result, I mean, just the sound of you and your band. It was really, really great. I, by the way, I did get some pretty good photos. I'll have to, I'll have to send those oh, your way. Oh yeah, I'd love to see them. Yeah. Well, you have a new album releasing very soon. I do. I'm very excited about this one. It's called Lotus, and it's due on uh, November 19th. And uh, we're having a big release show here in Springfield with aerials and my friend molly's opening and i'm really excited about this one it's it's got choirs and orchestras and um you know uh, it's got a cover tune but mostly still all original songs some of them are pandemic songs but it's really you know when i started performing with ableton a couple of years ago i i graduated from a loop pedal to computer software and it really opened up what I could do songwriting wise. And so this album really reflects that. So I think the songs are the strongest that I've ever written. And I also just think the band is the best it's ever been. And so I'm very excited about this one. Yeah, really looking forward to hearing that. I like coffee and I admit I've become a bit of a coffee snob. 
I drink coffee black because, hey, if you want to load up a cup with cream and sugar and syrups and all that, well, whatever. I want my coffee to be delicious without adding anything to it. I take the time to do pour-overs at home. I grind the beans and use my Chemex. The process is worth the wait, and when I buy beans, I buy coffee from my buddy Stringbean Pete, coffee roaster and owner of Stringbean Coffee. Pete's goal is to offer the finest beans from around the world. He roasts them passionately in small batches in non-computerized, old-school ways to music under a disco ball. Yeah, you heard that right. He's a bit of a kook, but that's why I like him. And I really, really, really like string bean coffee. Find out more at stringbeancoffee.com. If you're a podcast addict like me, you might have thought about starting your own. I'm having a lot of fun creating and sharing my podcast, Frets with DJ Fay. It seemed daunting at first, and I had no idea how to proceed after recording my first episodes. Then I discovered Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has helped over 100,000 people, even knuckleheads like me, launch a podcast. The tools they provide make it incredibly easy to get your thing going. They'll also help you get your podcast into all the major podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and more. You get a great-looking website audio players to drop into other websites, analytics, and tools to promote your podcast. To get a no-risk free trial of Buzzsprout, or to find out about their low-cost monthly plan options, follow the link in today's show notes and let them know that DJ Fay sent you. Learn the ins and outs of podcasting through people who eat, drink, and breathe it. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Now, back to mine. Well, Molly, I'm really digging your music, and thanks so much for this. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful talking about it. Yeah. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. The Nico sits atop the highway. There's been no food around for days The air around her smells like raindrops But not a cloud amidst the haze If only half of us could carry The burden of the world at large Trapped inside this one-winged vessel There's no one that seems to be in charge listening to frets with dj fay if you like the show you can follow or subscribe for free at most podcast platforms hope you'll join me again next time stay tuned <laughs> <laughs>